and the Village with Willie P. We are WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston Community Radio. And this is Willie P. coming to you from the studio with my guests. I have special guests today, and that was Charlie Wilson. You know, Charlie Wilson is my guy. And he's the life of the party, but we are going to be the life of the party today, right here in the studio. I have a special guest, and my guest is Sister Critics. They were on my show, Willie's Web, quite a few years ago, and we were critiquing uh, movies, actors, bad actors, bad movies. We were doing the remakes and retakes, and a lot of times we don't even know who the um, the authors or artists is, real names. So we were giving you the lowdown. So let me turn it over to my sister critics. I have them in the studio. So hi, sister critics. Can you introduce yourself? Vicky, Carol, Eula, and they call we- me Miss B. We are uh, the Sister Critics. All right. We got quite a few um, conversations that we will be talking about. So let's dove into it. But first, you know, you always have to do that declaration of, you know, that thing we do. Commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241. Or you can email radio at bnntv.org. All right, we are back. We are back. We are back with our commentary. We are back. Just remember that conversation is our own purpose, 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 personal thoughts and not the thoughts of the radio. So let's talk about the first topic that I have is called How Doctors Maximize Their Revenue. And a conversation, Buell, I think we were talking about it, you know, how these doctors are sending you to other places. Can you elaborate on that for me? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, It just came up as a conversation with um, my husband and myself and uh, his original doctor, I guess, retired. And uh, he recently went back to the new doctor at the practice, at the new practice. The doctor retired. He saw, I guess he sold his practice to another group of doctors. Uh, And his experience when he was there uh, was just different. It was how they kind of rushed him through. And uh, he was asking for different things to be done. And they're telling, well, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that. I mean, he wanted to. You know, they checked his eyes, and now he wants to get measured for his contacts. But normally, he said before, the doctor did everything. He measured for the contacts. They put the drops in the eye. They brought you back in. They checked this. But the doctor, the actual physical eye doctor, not optometrist, but the eye doctor was able to do everything he needed. You know, he was more personable. They talked about different things. So he actually gave him, like, a little bit of personal service. So he... 
camping for a very long time. I mean, he drives 45 miles to get to the eye doctor because he was in that way. So this time when he goes to the eye doctor, they're telling him, well, we can't measure you for your eye, for your contacts anymore. Uh, You have to go to the optometrist. And now you got to make an appointment uh, with the optometrist and go to the optometrist and let them measure your eyes, which is, you know, okay, they'll make it. That means another drive 45 miles back up there to them and another additional copay. So now it it seems like what they're doing, and and this is his biggest complaint, they're trying to maximize money for everybody. So now when I go to you, I got to do copay for you. And then you're going to do ABC, but oh, that's all you can do. Come back again to the optometrist, pay another copay. You do one, two, three. If you got anything else, you got to come back again and pay another copay, one, two, three, and that's all you can do. So it really is not like a one. So he is so used to that one stop shopping. shopping happening. And it's not, and he is like, you know, over the moon about it. <laughs> But, you can't deal with it, yeah. you know. So I said, this is not what I'm used to. So it's yeah. like subcontracting out. Everybody gets a piece of the pie. Yeah. And it's strange. Everybody specialized now. They it's, want to send you to every specialist to do whatever you want done. And I can attest that's true because the new clinic I go to, um, I went for the dentist. And I have to come back three separate times. I have to come back. I got my initial check. And they do the free exam and they take pictures of your teeth. Now I got to come back to have my teeth cleaned by one person. Then I got to come back a second time to have somebody take my tooth out that they found. And then I got to come back a third time for a consultation so I can get my treatments. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> but but there is for me, it's like a copay every time I come. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Right. You know, there's a copay every time. And as soon as I walk in there, they collect that copay. I haven't seen anybody. They ain't took my temperature. <laughs> I haven't seen a nurse. They ain't did the triage thing, but they want that copay. So if I come back three different times and pay fifty dollars, one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yep. yes, you know that that I'm paying just to do the initial stuff. You really haven't done anything else, so they really don't do a lot in the office. I get that you don't have all the machines and everything. So now I go to. The x-ray, if I got to take an x-ray, you say, okay, we'll write that up and give you, okay, go to x-ray. You got to go down the street. Okay, I go down the street. This is how bad things really have gotten. (laughs) I'm telling you how bad things really got. So go to the x-ray. I get to the x-ray thing. She's got to call my insurance company. So I got to wait and make, they got to make sure that the insurance company is going to pay for it before they even do anything. So once they get the approval for that, whatever pay I got to pay you, you know, and then a lot of the places don't even have text anymore. So once I went to the x-ray place, oh, well, you got to go over to ABCD because we don't have any x-ray technicians on the planet. Right. So as they're sending everybody over to ABCD, you get to ABCD, you got to wait three hours because everybody is waiting for one text. One, one text. text. I'm like, okay, what is going on? What is happening? What do you what do you foresee in the future for? Um, do you believe that it's just um, um, based on um, you know blacks, or it's just based on how the economy and how the economic and how the medic meta, medicine area is going? What do you think it's based on, and what kind of advice do you suggest if you if any? 
Yeah, I, I think it's just the way that system is. I remember some years ago, uh, like like uh, Pula said, it was a one-stop shop. You used to be able to get everything at your one-stop shop. And now I just, for me, I just think it's just becoming a... a Money-making? Money-making. Money-making. Greedy. They're just greedy to the bone. It's all about maximizing not your money, their money. Yeah. The money they're getting from you. How can we suck any more out of you than we already have? And, you know, (laughs) uh, we were talking about the bills that you get from Medicare for seniors, especially for Medicare, those bills. People really need to check them and make sure they, that they are not being double billed. You think that's a problem in itself too? It's a problem for me <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't, I can't read the bill. First of all, it really is not. You don't understand the bill. I don't understand bill. the bill. I don't understand the bill and what is they're billing me for because sometimes they'll bill me before they build the insurance company. So if I take out my money and pay, I think, Oh my God, I got to pay this bill. And then the next bill come they've now got money from the insurance company. It's another amount. Okay, it's different. Now, it's, it's a, a different, different amount. amount. It's now it's a different amount. Well, what am I? What am I supposed to do with that? I would I'm, say don't pay the bill don't until, <laughs> until Medicare figure out how much you really owe, or how much you need to pay because the bill comes and is that's a total fee that they're charging for that service. And then Medicare decides, okay, we only going to pay this amount. And then they say, okay, this is left for you to pay. But you won't know that until like months later that that's all you owed. Right. Yeah. Right. But what? Right. So don't pay until you wait till the actual final bill comes the months later. Comes. Yeah, because you never know. And then everything's specialized, even though when they check out, I used to have the doctor and actually my doctor retired too. And then he used to do everything, and then he used to put everything down where he wanted me to do, whether blood tests or everything. And then he, I don't know, the secretary or somebody else was making the phone calls. And so I would just get a notice and say, okay, your appointment yeah. is here yeah. in this day. Now you but gotta now do they make you do everything yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and, of course, you know, you call, you don't get an answer, and then you forget to call, and it's months later that you realize you haven't made that phone call. You really don't have an appointment. Right. And so right. it's like, okay, you're making me do everything that used to be where he just fill out and say, I want you to have a x-ray, uh, draw the blood. And it's all on a piece of paper, and then yeah. somebody else would do it right. and just let me know. Right. Now she gives me a piece of paper and says, I got to call everybody. I got Right. I got to call everybody. Well, then what am I paying you for? <laughs> <laughs> If I can do it, I need to pay me. Well, you got to go call now and set up an appointment with everybody. Yeah, you got to yeah. call and make with an appointment. Everybody. Where it used to be one piece of paper, right. and, they, and the do- your doctor would check off everything they wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it was done for you. But now they just hand you a piece of, paper, you a piece of paper and tell you, okay, you need to call to make the appointment for blood or come right. whenever you can. Come or whenever, right. or they exactly. tell you, you need to make an appointment for the stress test. Yeah. Right. And, he, and even so, I think um, we're, and I know if I miss my doctor's eye appointment, like my eye appointment, I won't get another one for another six months. Oh, don't miss an appointment. Don't miss it. Right. Don't <laughs> miss the appointment. And don't, don't. And don't be late. 
Don't be late. late. A <laughs> half hour, you got to reschedule. Okay. I think they give you, what, a few minutes, though. Like, they, they don't give me 30. The, dark, the darker I go to, they give us a half hour. Oh, and, and, do they charge, hour. and do they charge you? Because they were in the habit of charging. I don't know how legal that is. They were charging you they if do. you cancel your appointment with, yes. with, with, within 24 hours. Less, or less, less, less than 24 hours, hours, they will charge you. They will charge you. Yeah. yeah, see, they, they never had that happen. But but I waited in the waiting room. This is how inexperienced uh, the secretaries and things behind the desk are. And I urge, urge people to follow through on your own health, to follow through on things. Because I sat in a doctor's office maybe 35, 40 minutes, and I went up there and I said, people are coming in after me. She had never re-told the doctor I was there, never told the doctor. So I'm sitting waiting, and then she jumps up because somebody's not being properly trained. And I think that's going to be the other problem that we're going to fall into, do you think? Well, I've noticed um, the clinic I go to, there's a lot of students. There, I guess they call them training, training. Everything's training now because even when I'm in the doctor's office getting a physical the doctor asked me, uh, do we have your permission to have them come in? And I'm like, I guess. If they need the training to be, to do it properly, I guess, I guess I'll be the guinea pig for the day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to switch up conversations. You are in the web with Willie P. Web, listen, you're in the village with <laughs> Willie P. See, well, I was talking about the web first time now. You're in the village with Willie P. WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston Community Radio. And the sister critics are in the house. And we were just talking about Doctors Maximize. We're going to switch gears right now, and we're going to jump into something else. And, and this is the topic that we always talk about, which deals with do you see any relationship between teens' behavior and cell phone usage? Can you speak on that, Vicki? I don't know. I think they, these kids are just crazy when they're born, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if it's the use of the phone for me uh, as much as what they're seeing on their phone. It may be a combination of both. But I, for me, being in the field of, uh, of uh, mass media at one time, because that's what it was called, uh, we often ask that question, just society dictate what we do or do we dictate what society does? So for me, I, it, for me, it's what they're watching and it's what they're intaking, along with these bad parents they have, too. So, And you think because we were talking to a young lady um I call a young lady. She was a senior and she had a grandchild um, this morning. And she was saying that she, her granddaughter is about nine years old with no discipline. You think that relationship between um, the cell phones, because parents are just turning them over to the cell phone or the, the iPhones and, and they're just kind of raising kids. You think that's part of the problem or it stems from way back when? I think they emulate they emulate a lot of stuff that they see. We we always got to think, try to think what the difference is. What was the difference between our upbringing and what's the difference between their upbringing? What is the difference and why their behavior is so different from ours? 
you know, they I think they emulate stuff because we grew up, we watched Leave it to Beaver, uh, Father Knows Best, you know, where there were parents and kids who did what they were supposed to do. So we emulated kind of what we saw. We thought that was the way things were supposed to be. You know, so now they're looking at all of these crazy wild things on their cell phone and every teenager is out of their minds, disrespectful, you know, and they're saying all this stuff to anybody they feel like. So I don't know if it's what is in the food <laughs> or what they're seeing, but I think it's a lot of what they're seeing on their cell phone because they can't put these phones down. It's yeah. almost like a drug. Yeah. They can't make a phone call. They're making a phone call and they're talking to people out loud and say, okay, can't you keep the conversation to yourself? No. You need everybody to hear what you're saying. What? And they seem to can't go anywhere without the phone without attached the phone. to them. Yeah. Right. So I get a phone call from one of my nephews that he says, well, you weren't, where's your phone? I said, my phone is not attached to my head. <laughs> right. Right. I leave it sometime because that's just not something that I go and say every morning I'm going to leave, take my phone. But they seem to can't go anywhere without, without the phone. phone. Without and my, then right. they will text people they're sitting next to instead of talking to them. Yeah, yeah. But I see a young parent's what they do is they They're give the iPhone to their kids in the store instead of, instead of teaching them discipline, how to walk through and just be respectful. They're walking through with the phone. In their hand. Games. games and they're three and five years old. You, yeah, they do. That's their babysitter. Yeah. Well, that's their babysitter. It's called three-year-olds can work a phone, can't talk. Can't talk. <laughs> but, just, you know, they, <laughs> but I just yeah. want to go back to what you were saying about the shows. Yeah, we did. We grew up with good moral shows. Right. But even when they did something, there was a consequence. There was a consequence. Yeah. Right. They had to, they, whatever they did that was out of line was met with a consequence. These kids, and I can't say, I'm not saying all of them, some of them, there is no consequences for their action. And that the first thing they want to do is blame somebody else. Well, it's, if Roger hadn't said that, then I wouldn't have punched him. How about you taking responsibility and just walk away? Right. That's just what for, gets yes, me. There's yeah. no just, just take responsibility consequences. for your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah consequences. Just for your part. In yeah, yeah. your part. Don't yeah. worry about Roger. Don't worry, right. worry about what you did. Yeah, just right. take responsibility for your part in, in it. And that's what but. they lack. They lack that responsibility. Well, they like taking on uh -huh. responsibility because we mm -hmm. have not given them a lot of responsibility. We do everything for them. But the thing is, you do everything for them, it's still not enough. It's still not enough. But that's I'm why sorry. you do it. Feed them, they you clothe them. More. Right, right. It's you, still not enough. Take me here. Take me there. It's still not enough. <laughs> right. If one day you lie to bed sick, you can't take them there. It's a problem. Right. <laughs> I, I remember my kids, you know. Well, you don't. I remember my son. You don't wash my clothes right. That's all right. I won't wash them at all. <laughs> How about that? I know uh, my granddaughter, she called me one day on somebody else's phone. I mean, she's in tears because... She dropped the phone, and the phone doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You're crying. I mean, boo-hoo crying. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, you, your broken phone is not my problem. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it's the, the phone. What? What is the deal? <laughs> I can't function without that I phone. I can't function without the phone. <laughs> Something is wrong. Something is definitely wrong. Well, it's attached to her hip, so right. now her hip is yeah. gone. Yeah, but then they want 
what is now a you problem to become my, my problem. problem. Right. I, we're not going to do that. Right. That's not my problem. Not my, I didn't and, lose my phone. No. And they took the discipline out. You know, they take discipline out of school. They take the discipline out of the home. Parents can't mom punish their kids. I remember when whooping was a deterrent because I didn't want to get one. Right. What has happened to that? There's no shame. Spanking is still a deterrent. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Well, you can do it. You got to do it. You got to do it like. You just can't do it anymore. You got to do it like our parents do it. You can't leave no marks. (laughs) No proof, right? Right. You can't leave leave any evidence. It's like we were talking before. It's like when we grew up, we're we're still humans. They're human beings too. It's just what we learned from the discipline. It's not to do it anymore. Right, right, right. Don't do that again. So we were not traumatized. We know we did something bad, and we learned, don't do that anymore. That's what you learned. <laughs> but you they don't get this punishment again. Right, you right. Get that punishment is so not we, what I want. Right, that's not what I want, so we don't do it anymore. Right. So we straighten up, but we weren't traumatized by it because no. we knew that's what happened. We knew consequences. Right. For actions. We learned there are consequences for actions. There are no consequences for their actions, for whatever they do. You're uh, unruly in school to your teachers. For us, that was a no-no. Oh, yeah. That was like a double, 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 double punishment. Punishment, home punishment. We're like, uh -uh. uh-uh. But it was like, it was like that, that village. If, if anybody saw you, uh, see you do anything, it made it home before you did. Right, right. And then they whip your booty. Right. And then you get home, right. and then your right. parents whip your booty. Right. right. But you know, that was like not even a racial thing. Right. Because right. when you talk to people that are not, you know, white people, they say exactly the, the same, same thing, thing yep. that we say about that. That's about raising your kids. It was, raising it was your the village. They were exactly raising responsible right. children. Right. Consequences. Yeah. Consequences. Consequences. They're saying exactly the same thing. Nope. Same thing we are saying. Mm-hmm. About it, so it's not a racial thing. It's not, not a racial, racial thing. thing. It's about raising kids. To raise it's about raising kids. Right, right. We are WBC ALP one hundred two point nine, and you are in the village. We're coming to the end of our conversation, and we will have part two next time um, in the village. We hope that um, Sister Critic, you will come back and be with us n- another time. And or next time, we're going to hang them in. We're going to bring them back next time. We're going to have lively conversations, and we want you to be part of that. So until next time, you are listening to WBLP 102.9 FM, 102.9 FM, Boston Community Radio, and you're in the village. Until next time. Willie, see ya.